Hello and welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. I'm back from Newcastle, slightly worse for wear after a disappointing result for Stoke at St. James's Park. There's no Chris or Ben for this episode. Chris went out to track Ben down and now he's got lost as well, so I don't know what's going on there. However, I do have pod debutant Dan Marrow, no, sorry, Alex Marrow joining me. Uh, How are we doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Um, Yeah, similarly disappointed with the result on uh, on Saturday, but... uh, you know, kind of used to it from for now. <laughs> yeah, some uh, three-word responses before we get into the Newcastle game then. Lazy, lethargic, complacent. This looks familiar. Player striker. Everybody chill out. More to come. Back to normal. Central midfield crisis and lessons to learn. If we go off that last one then, Alex, mm-hmm. what lessons can we learn from that game? Well, I think I said at half-time, um, we looked just really uninterested. There was no urgency in our play. And I think that, you know, at any game at this level, you can't, you know, sit back and just think that the game is going to work out for you. I think we had a lot of the ball and we just weren't making anything happen. So in that regard, I think we need to treat every game, you know, more more like a Man United at home like we did last week. I think that would be a better way of us maybe going forward. But I'm sure Mark Hughes knows that already. Mm. Yeah, it was a very, very poor first half. I mean, we, we spoke at half-time about just how completely lifeless we looked. And mm. it was just really poor in pretty much every department, it seemed to me. We were sloppy at the back, we were getting overrun in the field, and we weren't creating anything. And yeah. were it not for Agent Josselu, we could have been three or four goals down. Yeah, I, I actually was predicting a... Jocelyn Patrick before the game and he probably should have had one um, obviously ended up with no goals which is quite nice but uh, yeah I think we just particularly I found that you know we're obviously playing this new system with you know, five at the back um, and all three of those centre backs you know look good in many ways Zuma, Martin Lindy and Vimmer but they just spent a lot of time just passing it between themselves we're not making any inroads they're not getting into attacking positions uh, that look at all promising and that was pretty much the story of the whole first half Yeah, I mean I thought we were definitely deservedly one goal down, as I said should have been more Second mm. half, what, what changed for us? Because there was clearly a marked improvement, was it the fact that we got a goal that kind of sparked us into life or could you see more positive signs from us before then? Do you think Hughes had had stern words at half time? I hope so. Um, I mean, we said at halftime that we couldn't really see a way back in unless something changed. And I think you said, you know, a dodgy penalty decision might be very useful for us. Um, in the end, I think, you know, Shakiri showed a lot of, you know, positive play. He was really driving, really trying to make something happen. Um, he had a few shots saved, you know, which a lot of which didn't appear on match of the day, but obviously got his goal. And at that point, I then really felt that you know, we would probably go on and win the game, actually. Um, Juve had a header saved very well by Rob Elliott shortly afterwards. And it, it did look, you know, you felt as if the momentum was with Stoke at that point. So, you know, I think it was probably, yeah, the words of Hughes at half time, um, And it did seem to make a difference. But, you know, ultimately, the same sort of mistakes kept happening. We weren't marking properly at a corner and... You know, we go 2-1 down and it's very difficult to get yourselves back into a game twice. Yeah, so. you, you mentioned that winning goal, of course. That's kind of sparks this kind of outrage about our use of zonal marking. 
Mm. Um, and if I'm completely honest, I'm not totally convinced that zonal marking is as bad as everyone says it is. I know, obviously, you look at that goal yesterday and you think, right, we should have stood up to Lascelles and is the system to blame or the, are the players to blame? I'm not entirely sure it is the system because we've seen it work at West Brom. I think that yeah. I think zonal mark, marking is kind of misunderstood in that it looks bad when it doesn't work, but man-to-man working quite often doesn't work. And we did man-to-man marking previously in the Premier League and we still conceded a lot from set pieces. So, well, I don't know, what do you think? Do you, what, yeah, what, well, what is it for us at corners? I mean, the, the zone of marking thing is an interesting one because, you know, I remember a few weeks ago, yeah, after the West Brom game, the match of the day pundits were, you know, waxing lyrical about how brilliant zone of marking was in the Stoke defence and our, you know, three tall men at the front post not letting anything pass and how it was really working and it was something that we'd you know, worked on since last season, which we obviously struggled with. So for them to them say that it's not working, you know, is obviously quite inconsistent. I don't know which is the best way to do it, but certainly with the goal yesterday, you know, the problem is that Lascelles had a run on Vimmer and Vimmer doesn't jump well enough. Um, you know, he actually didn't almost look ready for that corner when it came in and didn't attack it properly. So I'd say that it's just, that was a, a personnel issue. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, we've looked better at set pieces this season. You know, we haven't had any sort of disaster games yet, like we had several of last year. So, you know, things are looking up in that regard. But I do think that, yeah, you know, Vimmer had a few times yesterday where he he didn't he wasn't quite up to the mark. Um, you know, I think he's a good player and I think he will do well. But you know, it's I think he, he you could lay some blame at his door uh, for yesterday's result for sure. Yeah, I didn't think he had a particularly good game at all. I mean, he, he did that sort of near assault on that Newcastle player where, mm. he, where he absolutely cleaned him out. Um, uh, and that's not to apportion blame on him, perhaps more so than most of the others, because I think it was a collectively poor performance. Yeah. Going forward, another debate that's come off the back of this game is about our st- strikers, or rather lack of them. Do you see this front three as good enough going forward? But yes, it, this is a front three that got two goals against Man United, but there's no real striker in there, I think. I don't think either Chupo Moting or Hesse are centre-forwards. I think we've got a front three of wingers. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, or certainly you could maybe say Hesse is more of a number 10, but certainly not an out-and-out centre-forward. Um, and yeah, Hesse was extremely ineffectual yesterday. He really didn't do anything. Um, I thought Chupa Moting's hold-up play was was really good. Um, but, you know, when it mattered right at the end, when he had a very good chance, he couldn't score. And that was, you know, that's what we need to solve. And at no point in the Premier League era have we had a striker that, you know, you consistently back in front of goal. Mm. Um, and I think that's a problem we've always had. Uh, I still, you know, obviously the Berahino experiment has really not worked. I still think that if he, if he could just get off the mark, you know, he might hit some form, and if he could find what he used to have, um, then he could become that player. But that just doesn't look likely. And you know, we know that struggling players don't really get a chance in a huge team that often. You know, we've seen that with Bojan, we've seen that with Zimbula and various other players. But if they're not, you know, up to scratch for more than you know two games or something, they're not going to get a run. 
Um, I think, yeah, creatively, we just didn't offer an awful lot yesterday. Uh, I, I like the energy of Fletcher and Allen in midfield. Again, they didn't do that much, but they're, you know, really, I think, yeah, bringing in that sort of, trying to make the game tick and push things forward. But we just found ourselves not really gelling up top. Um, and it could have just been one of those days for the strikers. But, yeah, I would say that there is a, a deeper issue that we don't have a striker that can, can score 20 goals a season. And we, we never have. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree that this was probably the biggest concern going away from the game for me is that Crouch, when he came on, did offer us you know, that famous different option. And we went yeah. up to him and he knocked it down for that Chupo chance where Chupo should have scored. And like you said, I don't see Hesse or Chupo as natural finishers. Berahino, in theory, is a finisher, but I think Hughes has lost faith in him. And that's and that's really worrying, given how long Hughes chased Berahino for and how much money we paid on him. And we've mm. given him this summer to get back. And for some reason, Mark Hughes thought, 2-1 down, that Berahino wasn't worth risking almost. I know he, he did bring a striker on in Crouch, but you, you, I'm a bit concerned that this this means Berahino just doesn't figure in his plans. Now, he might play Tuesday night, of course, and if he scores there, you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, we went kind of 4-4-2 four, four, with Juf up top. Juf, who also missed another couple of chances. Uh, mm. going well, f- I was going to say, so I was going to say about Juf, actually, um, a couple of things, really. One, you know, he's he clearly isn't quite used to this wing-back role yet, and it's mm. something that he could grow into. But I think that he, you know, he, he still needs time to sort of learn how to play that role and there's some things he does really well and other times you know the for the first goal gave the ball away and couldn't get back to recover and we concede and, and that's the risk that Hughes has taken by putting a player like him in that position but then that said you know he did when he was then pushed up front at the end um yes he one was a great save from Elliot and the other one he, he probably should have scored but you know he was getting himself into those positions and you know he, playing it up front for only 15 or 20 minutes he still had more chances and looked more dangerous than any of the other you know well yeah. any of the other two players up there so Chupamoting and Hesse obviously Shakiri was dangerous in other ways um, but he looked our biggest goal threat and he only played up there for 15 minutes so yeah. it's an interesting one that Hughes has got to juggle yeah I feel like had the game gone on for another 10 minutes we would have got that goal but yeah again we could have easily gone in four down, so I don't like, I don't like buying into the idea that oh we were so close to an equaliser when really we should have probably been out of sight. Yeah. Um, but you know you've got you've got to acknowledge that we did improve second half, and uh, it's not it's not like previous seasons where we've gone a goal down away from home and then we've just completely folded. We did get back into the game, albeit for for ten minutes or so. Yeah. So. I'll I'll take that as a positive. Now you you've brought up the uh, the W word wing backs. Um, after Man United, I thought bloody hell, like why have I been moaning about us signing a lack of wing backs all season? Because Peters and Juve were excellent against Man United, and in this game, I thought Juve in particular, Peters, bit average. I thought mm-hmm. I thought they were poor. So. I, I don't, I don't know what to think anymore. Uh, well, the whole the whole wing back thing is 
is quite strange because I can't remember a, like a formation becoming so fashionable in the way that this formation has and that so many teams seem to have adopted it just on the back of Chelsea's success is what it seems like. And it makes you wonder, you know, is that, a, you know, has Hughes been thinking about that or has he just, you know, literally seen another team use it successfully and think, oh, actually, yeah, maybe we'll try that. That's maybe what will work. Um, you know, and I don't know if it's a good thing that he will react to what other teams are doing well or if it's a bad thing that you know, he his only sort of form of tactical knowledge is by looking at better teams and how they're doing. Um, so that's a bit of a concern. I think that the wing-back system clearly can work at the right time, but it is you know, debatable as to whether we have any players that are out-and-out wing-backs. I don't think we do have that. I think Peters is a you know, solid defender. He has issues with crossing, as we know, but is he a wing-back? Probably not. Duke certainly isn't. Um, and while they might get it right from time to time, I think yesterday showed that, you know, they aren't settled in that formation and it still needs work. I'm happy for them to keep trying it, um, you know, and see if we can make it work. Cause I think it does need time. And that's what I'd always say with Hughes is he doesn't often give us enough time. I don't think to try and make something work, but, um, yeah, it's certainly not, you know, working perfectly yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with that because that's what my big frustration was with him last season is that we'd go from 3-4-3 to 4-4-2 to 4-2-3-1 like seemingly week to week and it got really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I think we, I think it's great that we've played the same system throughout these first five games and y- yes, he, he went 4-4-2 for the last 10 minutes yesterday in an effort to try and create something. So I think... You've got you've got to find the balance between sticking to a system and also being kind of tactically flexible enough to recognise when something isn't working. Right, what can we do in this situation? And what yeah. Hughes did was bring Crouch on, move Juve up top, and and kind of hope something happened. And that we we looked more threatening in that ten minutes than we did yeah, in, in most of the rest of the game. Really, yeah, I think it's worth saying about you know if if that game were last season he would probably have bought Adam and Walters on as well mm. uh, if they weren't already on the pitch. And, you know, having not having Whelan and Walters means we have to play a slightly different way. But he could still have bought Charlie Adam on yesterday, um, you know, chose not to. And I think Crouch, to be fair, as you say, we looked much more threatening. And he, it did really work. He won pretty much every header and he created at least two or three chances. You know, the Chupamoto one in particular was all just from his knockdown. And that was, you know in an attempt to try and get an equaliser, I think that we did well. But it's nice to know that Hughes isn't necessarily going to fall back on, you know, the Adam and Crouch partnership all the time, that he thinks that other players can work in that way. Yeah. Um, I think the the important thing to take away from this game is whilst we acknowledge it was a, on the whole a poor performance and certainly the worst we've looked this season, it's that it's, we've just got to make sure that it's the exception rather than the rule. Now, this was our first game against a team where I felt we were favourites going into it. I looked at Newcastle's team and I thought, really, there's not many plays that I consider very threatening at all. I wasn't... I, I, I'm not yeah. going to say I was going into the game thinking, oh, we're going to win 3-0 or whatever, because it's Stoke. But I thought, this is our first game against the mid-table, lower league side. Yes, I know we played West Brom, but West Brom away is always that kind of... 
bogey fixture for us. Well, it has been under Pulis. Mm. So for us to not to only turn up in the second half, I thought was just really, really disappointing. And we've got Chelsea next, of course, which I'm I'm worried about. And Chelsea will be favourites for that. So if we lose as expected, then there's kind of this extra pressure on the Southampton game, which you know, if we if we lose Chelsea and Southampton, then then we get into sort of crazy panic territory, I I guess. Yeah, Uh, but. how, was, how, you wonder how much you wonder how much players think about that kind of pressure and whether they, they think oh we're probably favourites for this game and does that play on their mind because you know for the Chelsea game they won't have that pressure you know anything from that game will be a you know positive result so you know maybe they'll play you know a bit more relaxed and create more chances and know that there's no pressure but yeah we we certainly. I think the players would have known that yesterday they probably went in as favourites and should have won the game. So to come out with a defeat is, is obviously far from ideal. Yeah. Um, of course, we've got uh, Bristol City in the FA Cup, not the FA Cup, the League Cup uh, on Tuesday. How how are we feeling about that? What kind, what kind of team would you like to see Hughes put out? Should we go full strength for it, try and get as far as we can in this competition? Or are there certain... Fringe plays you'd like to see given a run out? Well, I'd definitely like to see us prioritise the cups. I mean, after last season, you know, which was particularly poor in both cups, I think we need to try and you know get some sort of cup run together again. And this is a fixture that we, you know, we we should not lose under any circumstances. Um, that said, I would I would still like us to to play some of the you know, players that don't start as much. I think you know Ramadan Sobi is a great example because. He came on, you know, relatively late into the game yesterday and looked bright in certain areas, but didn't really have long enough to affect the game. And I think he's going to benefit so much from the more experience that he can he can get. And so, I think giving him a start on Tuesday might be a very good idea. Um, you know, Berahino, I think everyone benefits if Berahino can get off the mark. And you know, no matter what kind of goal it is, if he could score against Bristol City, then that would be great. But I think that we just need to not underestimate it. Um, I think that's what we probably did last season, didn't prepare properly. And if you, you, know, you mentioned lessons learned earlier, I think that's one that Hughes will remember from last season and will we hoping to put right. Yeah, uh, we'll just uh, kind of move on to some Twitter questions then. First off, relating to that game, uh, Lee Hawthorne asks, is Tuesday's game bigger than yesterday's? I'm in the yes camp. Well, yeah, I think so, probably. I mean, if you look at the the reaction from yesterday's game, it's disappointment, but it's not a disaster. Um, but I think, you know, losing against Bristol City would be, you know, a really bad result, as I say, especially on the backdrop of last season. So I think that, you know, in any any cup this season, a game against lower league opposition, you know, we have to win, and and tomorrow's game, oh, sorry, Tuesday's game, only becomes a big game if we lose. I think if we win comfortably, then mm. you know we won't pay much attention to it. But if we do lose, then uh, then it will be massive. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of, I think I'm kind of more leaning towards the no camp to be honest, uh, purely because I saw this as kind of our first uh, big test of the season against a mid-table side. Now I really want us to have a cup run and. 
Uh, it really annoys me when we fall at these early stages of, of the cup competitions and I'd bloody love us to, to do well. And I think we will. I think we will uh, beat Bristol City. But I just thought yesterday was just a big opportunity to lay a marker down in the Premier League and we've kind of missed it. And I know this is a cup competition. This is a cup game. So if you're out, you're out. And like in the grand scheme of a season, losing to Newcastle, hopefully won't make that much of a difference. But I just thought yesterday was a big missed opportunity for us. Yeah, no, that's also definitely another way of looking at it. Very true. I think it's been it's been a deceptive start to the season, given that we you know we beaten Arsenal. We had a great, great result against Man United, and it's better than any start has been under Hughes. And you think you know this is literally looking up, and you know yesterday's result was probably just a return to saying this is what we're used to, and you know maybe we're not going to have you know we're just going to end up finishing mid table again in quite an uninspiring season. So from that point of view, yeah, definitely. You know, yesterday's you know game was the chance to change that. Question from John Dykes was yesterday: What we can expect from Stoke on the road this year? Would you take that if we kept performing at home? Um, I hope not. <laughs> um, I hope we. I hope we just go into those games with just more urgency, more pace, just looking more up for it. Um, because I don't think we did yesterday. Again, it depends on what at home is. You know, if we win every home game, then that's perhaps slightly different. Uh, you know, the, it's certainly been refreshing having wins against a big team at home because we, we'd missed that last season for sure. There were no memorable, memorable games, really, uh, or memorable wins particularly. Um, but I think, no, I think we have to expect more from, from the group of players uh, and the manager, really. So I would say I hope that is not you know, our typical away performance. Yeah, well, we have only won one of our last 11 away games, I think, which is a kind of worrying statistic. Obviously, most of them are last season and you've got to take that into account. But I think, if I'm right, the only win was that 1-0 at Southampton on the last day, which is kind of a, a, a nothing, no-one's-really-bothered kind of game. So, mm. um I, I, I do think we will get better on the road. And yeah, disappointments about yesterday aside, I think I think we will be more kind of balanced. I don't think we'll keep up the, this great home form uh, throughout the whole season, uh, but nor do I think we'll, we'll struggle on the road the whole time either. So mm. uh, it, it's games like Burnley away, which we lost last season where we need a big improvement. It's games away at likes of West Ham and Swansea and places like that where we just kind of need to pick up better results than we did last season and, you know, hopefully go from there. Yeah. Uh, Chris Brammer, oh, Chris Brammer's alive. Uh, He says, uh, were the issues yesterday tactical or personal, as in just the mistakes of the players? Would you say it was more Hughes' system and tactics were wrong for the game or... Was it just like individual mistakes or poor performances? I think uh, defensively, you could argue it's probably more personal in terms of, you know, we obviously gave the ball away for the first goal and we already discussed the corner. Um, You know, another example was when I think it was Atsu went through on goal and I'm not really sure how they didn't get a penalty for that. Um, You know, having seen it again, it just looks like 
know, three Stoke players just sort of converge on this one player. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, in, in real time, at least, it looked looked like they'd have a, a penalty there. So I think we got away with that one. And those were all, you know, I'd, I'd say personnel mistakes. But I think up front, uh, in attack, there it's more tactical. I think we've got good players, but they're not working together yet. And you have to argue that that's, you know, you know why is Hesse, why did he look so ineffectual yesterday? Um, it's not because he's a bad player and he wasn't, he didn't make any bad touches particularly or, you know, look out of sorts. He just couldn't get in the game. And, and that, you know, arguably is because we weren't playing a system that suited him or suited him working with Chupamoting and Shakiri that well. Okay. Um, before we wrap up then, Dan, uh, how are you just feeling about the season ahead as a whole? Are you still optimistic? Um, are you are you a bit kind of pessimistic or are you trying to are you always somewhere in between where, where do you think we can aim for this season well th- i mean this season i i was really pessimistic much more so than than usual i i always have a slight sense of optimism going in because you just think it's a fresh start and you know everyone's on the same points can you make something happen um but since the season's you know gone you know the first 5 6 games or so i just think we've looked better than I expected. Um, we're by no means a finished product, but I think there is, there's arguably reason to, for sort of cautious optimism that if we can, you know, make these players work together, I think we've got a really good group. Um, and so I would say perhaps that we, we should be looking for a slightly better season than, than last year. Right then. Thank you very much, Alex. Uh, to close the show, I'll be playing a clip that I recorded with Ash and Dan at the Bridge Tavern in Newcastle after the game yesterday. Uh, th- those lads giving me their views on Stoke at the moment and the game yesterday. Uh, as always, facebook.com slash Wizards of Drivel. Twitter at Wizards of Drivel. Go on, Stoke. Tavern in Newcastle. I'm joined by Ash and Alex, and we've just watched Stoke lose 2-1 at St James's Park. As I moved my seat round to chat with these guys about the game, uh, Ash, where did that go wrong? The midfield. We we we. I don't think we won the midfield battle all game. I, I think Joe Allen was sloppy again, and even Fletcher wasn't wasn't scratched. I mean, that first half, I thought, was the worst half we've played all the season. I thought we didn't offer anything going forward. I thought we looked sloppy at the back. I mean, are, are we just kind of overreacting to one bad result? But I thought that was really worrying. Now, I know up, up until now, we've looked okay. But uh, do, you, do you see that as a big like worrying sign for us going forward? I do. I think that... Everyone's been saying the first away game against uh, uh, a not uh, a, a, team not, a, a team outside the top top seven um, will will be the, the biggest test for ourselves. We've we've played a team outside the top seven and we've lost. Not only have we lost as well, 
we've been shocking it up front uh, in the midfield, and we've also up front we had we had Chuko up front in the first half, and uh, 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 that, that obviously didn't work. Uh, people have a go at us if we're not positive enough on the podcast. So, uh, <laughs> if we're searching for positives, where where do you find them in today's performance? Uh, um, I'd, again, I I don't want to be too negative about it because we've just come off a loss. Um, but I didn't see many positives today. Um, Shakiri getting a goal obviously is a positive. I think you have said that. Shakiri would score today and he did and yeah. I think he was bright as he's been all season um, but I'm struggling with positives if I'm honest um, I thought it's the first it's the first time really that we've we've been the side that's expected to take the game to them and I, th- I thought that was showed by our positions I think we were high up the field we were pressing them we expected to to take the game to them and then we got counter-attacked, and I think their first goal was to counter-attack. I mean, I said I said to you that the first game that Peters, uh, the first game that we were on the ascendancy, if you like, Peters would would show his flaws, and he, he did, I think, again today, and again Joe Allen was was really poor today. So, not many positives. Shakiri, good goal. I've got a couple of positives. Okay, I would like to add that uh, I think that. Juf was was another. It was quality of ring, rowing back. Um, Jack Butland again, absolutely fantastic in goal today. Yeah, Butland made an outstanding save at one stage. Yeah. Um, but I would also, yeah, I want to add that that um, Juf was Juf was quality at rowing back. I think he's the best rowing back at the club, without doubt. I would personally, I don't ever want to see Glenn Johnson in a Stoke shirt ever again. Uh, but I also want to add that Sobey came on, and although we didn't score, and he. Fucked up a chance. I think that Sobi he offered a good outlet on the on those. I mean, we could go all day with the negatives. Sobi came on and had a really good chance when he got into the box and went left, went right, went left, went right, and then ran the ball out of play. And that's that sums sums him up. I think um, he's got a lot of promise, but he's he's not delivering. I know he, I know he assisted at West Brom. But yeah, that, the, that was the outside where where he, he for for me Ramadan Sobi he he always he always cuts inside and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because Shakiri does it as well but but not always Sobi he cuts in every single time and it, I mean it, that thing today where he ran the ball off the pitch was just frustrating yeah. yeah that yeah. that for me it, he, he didn't need to do that because he was already in a good position all he needs to do was knock it across the goal he needs to look up. And you can see why we all see the talent, the, the talent and the potential there, but you can see why Hughes doesn't necessarily trust him in a forward position. We we, we regularly disagree with him. Yeah. yeah. You uh, think he should play and um, should be given a chance? I want, to, I want to see him given a chance. I mean, we we all said last season that we judge him on this season's performances, and he's not really had a chance. He's come on against Arsenal. He's set up the winner, and he's not been. He wasn't even given the cup game. He wasn't. He wasn't played at West Brom. He's not really been given a chance since then. And um, Hesse, Chupo, both fantastic players. 
but throughout their careers they've never been central strikers and they aren't central strikers. The problem is, obviously, Premier League is more of a business than a, than a sport, it's about getting results. If you lose, you're under pressure immediately. And for me, that's the reason why Hughes plays his new signings immediately. And unfair to Berhino, Hughes played immediately despite being unfit. Didn't 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 do what we wanted him to do, and then Hughes has dropped him for this season. Even against Arsenal, fair enough, he looked good against Arsenal when he came on, but he hasn't offered much else. And for me, he doesn't offer much else. For me, Berahino was a if he could be as prolific as he was for West Brom in his first season, then fair enough. But I don't ever see him being that prolific for us, and that's why I can see why. Hughes plays Hesse of them, even though Hesse isn't a striker. What do you think? I honestly don't know what to think about Berino. Um, yeah, I'm just worried that Hughes has lost faith with him. Um, and that might be for the right reasons. But, and if, but because if it's, it's a business. It's but if it is for the right reasons, he's spent a good part of a year and 10 million quid trying to chase him. And it's worrying how he trusts no striker at all ahead of him. He didn't trust Hossel though, right? He didn't trust Hossel. And he, he chased Duf for over a year. Yeah. And yeah, Duf had a, let's be honest, he had a decent Duf season. Duf First Duf season, he had one in three. You can't record. fold Duf at 11, 11 goals in 34 games, something like that. One in three, One in three, basically. And since then, I know there was a, the issue with his, his mum died, I think, in a rush, and we didn't see him for six months, but... I mean, I don't know. I, I, but I, I want to add to that as well. Hughes chased Bojan. And when, when Hughes was the Man City manager, he tried to sign Bojan. And then... We can't Bojan, get on to the Bojan question. No, I'm not, I'm not getting on to the Bojan question. But, but these players that Hughes is chasing, they, have, they, they, do, they start relatively well. And then, and then they completely drop off. Bojan, look, since Bojan's injury, obviously, against Rochdale, he isn't a Hall of the player, and I, and I'm and Bojan's number one fan. Juve again, he chased him for a long time, and then and then he started well, he did well, and then and then suddenly he, he Bojan, Hughes doesn't fancy him anymore. It's Hughes, it's Hughes chasing the wrong players. I don't, I don't know. I mean, overall his transfer record, if you look at it, is good. There's not many duffers he signed, really. Mm. Vincent Company was yeah. a was a really good sign. Like, yeah. We're now looking at the transfer window and thinking, right, could have done with a striker, could have done with some wing backs. Another central midfielder. We need for me, we needed another central midfielder. Even if Joe Allen was amazing this season, we still need another central midfielder because Charlie Adam isn't good enough. We know Charlie. We didn't try and get a central midfielder. And we didn't get it, so I don't know. Who knows who knows how far down the line we were with completing the Delft deal. We don't know. He may have palmed us off at the last minute and we couldn't get anyone else in. I mean, it's difficult to speculate. Um, uh, we do look light in the middle. Um, Wing-backs, obviously an issue. Timing looks a perfect fit for a wing-back, doesn't he? Um, but is he going to trust him? I don't know. Peter's is a, a favourite. Mark Hughes' favourite. And I don't know. Overall, to, to sum up then, disappointing, can't get too carried away with a bad result after our start, but there are issues there that need addressing somehow, 
Um, and it's just, it was just the most disappointing thing for me was we only turned up for one half of the match. And if you do that, you're going to get punished. We did, yeah, we, we were shocking first half, second half we came back into it, um, and again, set piece, again, didn't want to be too negative, but set piece, but we've uh, conceded from the season. And yeah, two out of two now, I believe, Man United. We had, we had our chances at the end, you know, a draw possibly would have been a fair result, I think. Um, even though we were so poor first half, I think maybe we deserved to draw. We've still that many chances, but yeah, on to, on to the next one.